Today is a Thursday with a strange name. The first paragraph in your worship folder explains that name so that no one is is busy wondering where it comes from or why we call this day what we do. We could call it by other names. Some people do. The term Holy Thursday seems to be more and more popular even within our own circles as an option for what to call this day. It is, after all, the Thursday of Holy Week. It's the the fifth day of the week when Jesus dies. Thursday is the day, the night, when he is betrayed. And after that, he is arrested and put on trial and convicted and executed. Thursday is the night when Jesus sits down with his disciples to celebrate the Passover for the last time. The last real full meal that he, that he uh, enjoys, has, participates in with his disciples. In other words, this was a crucial hour. This was as crucial as ours come. We've used that word crucial to describe many words and many events from Christ's path to the cross. If you've been with us on our Wednesday services during Lent, you've heard a number of those instances. But today we focus our attention on that long-ago day that corresponds with this one, that special Thursday, and we witness what Jesus does at the most crucial of hours. And what he does is he gives to his disciples a gift, a precious gift, an amazing gift. And we hear him proclaim and promise and explain what this gift is worth and how we ought to regard it. As he says for us to hear along with his disciples from that night, this is for you. The meal had been on the table. The, the Passover celebration had a certain rhythm that was always kept, a certain order that people followed as they remembered God's great saving activity of the past. The unleavened bread and the wine were important elements to this feast. But on that night, the plan changed and the order changed. The old thing wasn't prepared to handle that crucial hour. Jesus did something. Jesus gave something new. He broke the unleavened bread so that he could distribute it among the disciples, and he passed it around to them. And he said, this is my body. He took the cup and shared it with all of them, and he said, This is my blood, the New Testament in my blood. This is 
That's what Jesus said. And he revealed a truth that was not apparent, it was not obvious. Just as we do here when we recreate to a degree what took place then and in that place, the disciples saw and tasted and they were aware of what was obvious. There was bread of a certain sort and there was wine of a certain quality and Jesus said, more. He said, my body my blood, and he said, this is. This that is eaten and drunk is not just representation. It's something more than a reminder or a remembrance. This food and this drink hasn't changed in a way that destroys what it was before. But in addition... And in an incredible and unseen way, Jesus adds to those simple elements, those simple vessels at that most crucial hour, his most precious gift. What Jesus gives is himself. Within hours of giving this gift, everything is going to change. His relationship with his disciples, his presence with his disciple, his, vis- his visible and, and tangible and apparent connection to them. All of that was going to change. All of that was going to be hidden. This was it. The last meal, the last Passover, the last time that Jesus Christ would spend hours or weeks or even days with those men. But do you know what wasn't going to change? The sinfulness, the arrogance, the selfish desires. That very night, these men were arguing about who among them was the greatest. That very night, they were trying to carefully avoid an act of service to one another. What was not going to change was the fact that in Peter and John and James and Matthew and in all of those disciples lived a nature that was nothing but sin and guilt and rebellion. What would not change for them was their constant need for helping. Their constant need for saving. What would not change for them was their constant need for Jesus. And so here He is. Here is His body. Here is His blood. As we celebrate what He has given and what He once gave to them, believe it. This is more than a sip of wine. This is more than a wafer. It is your Savior's body crucified to punish your sins. It is your Savior's blood which initiates a new covenant 
the covenant of forgiveness. This is spiritual food. From an earthly perspective, from a physical perspective, we're not getting much. There's not a whole lot of nutrition there for us. But this is food for the soul. This is food that for our souls provides the greatest feast imaginable. One that our Savior uses to prepare us and to strengthen us and to sustain us for our heavenly home and for our journey there. He says, this is my body, this is my blood. And he says, for you, you know your crucial hours. You know the times when you confront the cross. You know the moments when God wants you to struggle against your sinful desires, your sinful nature, your sinful self. And you know how many times you have not. You fail. You fall. You sin. You know the voice of your conscience that accuses you. And if you don't know the voice of your accusing conscience, it's probably because you've pushed it away for too long already. You know guilt. You know shame. You know regret. And you know, even if you don't always want to admit it, that at some point, this life is going to come to an end. And that's one reason that this is for you. It is for you who know your sin. There's a reason that Jesus gave His body and blood. There's a, a reason that He offered His body on the cross and He poured out His blood there. The reason is that He loves sinners and wants to forgive. The reason is that He determined along with the Father to pay the price for sin and to give forgiveness as a free gift. So coming to the Lord's table is an admission of guilt. It's a confession of sin. If you don't think that you need what is offered here, don't come to receive it. If you're holding on to a sin and you don't want to leave that sin behind, this is not for you. But don't understand that, or don't misunderstand that either. If you are struggling with a sin and you want to leave it behind, but you feel that it's holding on to you, well, this is exactly what you need to empower that struggle. This is for those who know that they need it. It's also for you who know your Savior. Now, that was obvious in its original context as the disciples who had gathered in the upper room were, were quite familiar with their host. They may not yet have known all the details of what was about to unfold, 
Though if they had really been paying attention, maybe they would have understood it a little bit better. This meal wasn't offered on the streets. It wasn't offered to the crowd. It was given in that intimate setting of the upper room where Jesus had gathered together with His disciples. It was shared with friends and with followers. In our practice, likewise, we won't hand this gift out on the sidewalk or to just any passers-by. We celebrate together in the context of a worship service where we have gathered to, to praise the giver of this gift. And this is for you who hear His promise and who believe His word. You've heard Him explain this gift. You've heard Him say, this is. It is for those who believe it is as Jesus says. If you don't believe that Jesus gives you His true body and blood in this sacrament, then it will not be the blessing for you that God intends for it to be. This is a major reason that here in this congregation we have long practiced member communion, which, by the way, is also the historic practice of nearly every denomination. There are churches that deny what Jesus says here. They don't believe that His body and His blood are received in Holy Communion. And it's not just Jesus' words about the sacrament that are important either. When we celebrate together, we are celebrating the unity that we enjoy around all of God's Word, everything that it says. We get to express together a common commitment to everything that our Savior tells us in the Bible that He has given us. Now, yes, there is some negative to this practice, to this context, to these factors. We do at times have to ask some people not to participate. But please understand whether that person is you or potentially someone sitting next to you or joining you in the congregation at any time, Please understand that we don't relish this opportunity to exclude. Far from it. We would love the opportunity to look more closely at what God says in His words, these words of Jesus and many other Bible passages, in order to know what God clearly teaches, what God clearly tells us, so that you and all others understand why we teach what we do. We would love the opportunity to welcome more and more people to celebrate this precious gift together with us. That is the positive. This is, this is pure grace in the context of Jesus giving this gift. It's a, it's a blessing for us to join together, to remember His sacrifice, to confess our faith, to express our unity, and yes, to receive His true body and blood and along with them, forgiveness and strengthening.
It's interesting, when Jesus says, for you, it's not entirely clear in our English translations. It just happens to be how English works, that we use the same word, you, whether we're speaking to one other person or many other people. It's about the only language that handles it that way. Others specify, is it one singular or is it more than one plural? And when Jesus says, for you, in our verses, the verses before us this evening, for you is plural. It's more than one. Now, you know that it's for you individually because you come forward and it's put in your hand and it's placed in your mouth. But Jesus says it's for all his disciples. It's for all who gather and celebrate together. It's for all who are united in their confession and in their confidence. You know that it is for you. And you know that it is for your brothers and sisters in faith who like you know their need and know their Savior and believe His Word. This day, this Maundy Thursday, commemorates a crucial hour in the life and ministry of Jesus. It commemorates a crucial hour for His disciples, for His followers. We commemorate and we celebrate by listening to our Savior, and by receiving His amazing gift. He says, this is for you. And we give Him our thanks and our praise. Amen.